All right, welcome on in to another episode of the Jazz Talk Podcast, part of the Wasatch Podcasting Network. I'm your host, CJ Dieters. Um, this will be the last episode before um, this before Christmas. It's the 21st right now, um, so I just want to wish everybody that uh, is listening on in here a, a Merry Christmas. Um, hope that you get to spend a lot of time with your family and travel safely. Um, for today's episode... Just want to talk a little bit about Mike Conley's very short return to the Jazz from injury. Um, the effect that having him back on the court had on the team. And the effect of him getting injured again is going to have on the team. Um, I'd also like to talk just a tiny bit about um, the bench unit. Um, how I could see through trades possibly making the team a little better. Um, but also ideas not requiring trades uh to try and boost this bench a lot of times when when the starters come out for the jazz the bench has really struggled especially with mike conley out because joe ingles isn't able to just run the bench unit um so it's emmanuel moutier doing it on his own and then every now and then jeff green can help out but he's been very inconsistent this year so we'll get into that so first off uh right now the jazz are 17 and 11 and what's interesting about that is there's certain people that are acting like the sky is falling with this team. Um, they're 17 and 11. They're six games above 500. They're going into an easier part of their schedule. Their schedule started off very tough this year, what which it does most years, and then it gets easier as the season goes on. Um, they uh, they beat the Hawks a couple nights ago. Tonight they're playing the Hornets, another team that they should be able to beat. Um, they just have a lot more talent than the Hornets do. Um, but la- but in this last game against the Hawks, Mike Conley returned after missing five games due to uh, a hamstring injury. Um, the week before Mike Conley returned, he re-aggravated the injury. Um, he thought he was going to be able to come back a couple games earlier, um, had to sit out. And then he finally got to come back against the Hawks. Well, while he was in, he only had six points, but he did have seven assists. He looked a lot more comfortable in the offense. He looked like he finally had some chemistry with, with Rudy and with the rest of the guys. He was looking great. Unfortunately, in about the end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, he re-aggravated the injury again. He's going to miss some time. Now, again, like I said, when he was back... He only shot two for eight. His shooting was struggling a little bit. But, man, did the the offense look great when he wasn't on the floor. Um, They looked more organized. They're, uh, you know, they're looking like they could actually have some success with the offense and not struggle so much. And the defense looked better with Conley out there. Now, Conley's not an all-NBA-type defender. But he's a good enough defender, and he's smart enough, he's good enough at communicating with his teammates, he's a good enough leader, that the defense is better when he's on the court. Um, Since Conley got injured, the Jazz defense is really struggling. At the beginning of the year, they were one of the top five defenses in the the entire league, and since he went down, they have really struggled. Um, Hopefully he can come back real soon. And actually not re-aggravate the injury. The problem with that hamstring is 
you know, if you look at, you know, if you take a skeleton that has the muscles still on it that they'll use in like anatomy classes and all this, the hamstrings are a really long set of muscles and they have, um, they have really interesting insertion points where, which means where the muscles attach to the bones. Um, it's one of those muscles that if it gets injured, it takes a good long time for it to actually feel better and to be 100%. And even once it's healed, you have to take it nice and easy to let it re-stretch itself out and not tighten up to the point to where you're going to hurt it again. Um, so hopefully the Jazz's uh, training staff is really patient with Mike. They're still really early in the season. They're only 28 games into the year. You know, there's over 50 left. Um, they don't need to rush Mike back. But the more games that they can get Mike together with Rudy, with Joe, Boyan, the whole rest of the group, um, will be uh, very beneficial to the Jazz. Because even though he's not you know, the 21 and six guy that he was last year at the Grizzlies. And he's not going to be that for the jazz last year. He was the only thing that the Grizzlies had altogether. And now he gets to be the fourth scoring option. He gets to just be, um, half the time on ball on the ball, half the time off the ball. Um, so he's got to get used to stuff like that. But if Mike is able to get back with the team, get in a role or, uh, get on a roll, um, start continue to build this chemistry that he has with Rudy, with the other guys, um, you could still see, you know, 16 points, six, seven assists, um, out of Mike. And that is huge. And, you know, he'll be shooting at a higher level than Ricky Rubio. Um, his three point shooting is already better this season than Ricky. And he's really struggled this year. Um, so once he's back, it'll be very good for the jazz. Um, but at the same time, I'd really like to see them just hold off, give him the amount of time he absolutely needs to recover. Um, so that by the time we get into, um, you know, March and April, he's ready to go for the playoffs. So next thing I want to talk about real quick is the bench. Um, the bench this year, anytime Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert or Boyan Bogdanovich get pulled off the court. The team is suffering. Um, there's a lot of games where the bench unit will play about, you know, 11 to 14 minutes. And they'll be minus 11 or 14 in that amount of time. Um, the, the starters are amazing. The top six guys for the Jazz are really great right now with... Uh, Rudy Gobert, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, and Mike Conley. The rest of the guys are really struggling. Um, as far as a trade, again, I'll talk a little bit about what I think they sh could do without performing trades. Um, but one that I, I am really interested in, this is one I was thinking about before they played the Hawks. I wasn't, like, this team didn't come to mind just now because they played them, but... Um, I think Jabari Parker would be a great fit with the Jazz. Um, you know, he, you know, the guy grew up Mormon. He'd be a pretty good fit there with the, the Utah culture. But that's not the most important thing. 
Um, but what you get out of him, the guy is 6'8", he's about 250 pounds, so you get good height, you get good size, to where Rudy, when uh, they play teams like the Bucks, can go out and, and go up against Giannis, because he's really good against Giannis, and instead of either putting a, a marginal defender on Brook Lopez, or someone that's losing a lot of height or size on Brook, you can put a guy like Jabari, who's got He's still, you know, three, four inches shorter than Brooke, but he's not much lighter, and he can actually body him up. Again, Jabari's not a great defender, um, but I think he can do enough using his body, using his athleticism to be adequate. But he would give them an amazing six-man off the bench. Um, just a great scorer. Can score on all three levels. Super athletic. Um and I think he's one of these guys that could be like a mini Pascal Siakam Giannis type guy where he's not going to have the same effect as those guys. Those guys are all NBA MVP level players. But if you could have a guy coming off the bench that can be one of your main ball handlers at six foot eight, can put up, you know, 12 to 16, maybe even 18 points a night, pull down six, seven boards, um, I think it would be a good thing for the Jazz to look into. Um, as far as what you need to give up to get to get Jabari, the Hawks, um, this is just a report. There isn't anything definitive about this. Um, but there's been a report that the Hawks have told Trey Young they're going to get him some help. Um, because Trey Young is playing at an all-star level. He just doesn't have really that much talent around him to help him the talent that he has is still super young and needs a lot of time to develop um so i think the jazz could send them that veteran help um now the two guys i was thinking are either ed davis and george niang or ed davis and jeff green the reason ed davis is in there to make the money work plus um when you have a guy like Rudy, I mean, it's nice to have a really good backup center. Ed Davis is pro is probably the best backup center in the NBA. The problem is Rudy plays so many minutes that Ed can only get in for 11, 12 minutes a game. So he's not able to have the effect on the, on the game that he usually would. Really, with, with Rudy as their, their number one guy... The Jazz just need a backup center that could come in and be competitive and not lose them the game. So a guy like Tony Bradley, I mean, if you needed him to play 20 to 24 minutes a night, I'm not really confident with that yet. But that 11, 12 minutes that Ed Davis plays, I think Tony Bradley could handle that. Um, and if you look at the Hawks, it gives them... I mean, Ed Davis probably becomes their starter, or at least is a 20-something minute backup right away. And then either Jeff Green or George Niang gives them some some depth and some length at that uh, power forward, small forward position. Um, and Jeff Green gives them another veteran, another guy that knows how to win, that's been in playoff games, been in... NBA Finals game 
and you know just knows how to compete at that type of level um and another thing this would do is it would open up a roster spot for the jazz um now i think this would be really important because the jazz could be major players in the buyout market this year i think there's going to be more players in the buyout market than normal this year um just because there's a lot of guys on expiring contracts um that are on teams that really aren't that good um so i just wanted to really quickly go through um who some of the free agents are and who some of the buyout market guys are um so if we traded ed davis away now you're just down to rudy and tony bradley you need to find a way to fill that third center position now just free agents that are out there the center position is probably the easiest position to find extra guys. Um, the NBA is overloaded with decent centers right now. And just in the free agent market right now, you have Joe Kim Noah, Kenneth Fareed, Tyler Zeller, Jason Smith, Costa Kufis, um, Timothy Mozgov, Zaza Pachulia, um, there's Willie Reed, who played with the Salt Lake City Jazz last year, and I know the Jazz would like, and I bet they wouldn't mind bringing him back to be their third center. Um, I mean, there there is a lot of guys available at the center position for you know to play Tony Bradley's role, where he gets in in garbage time, and you know if somebody gets injured, he takes over the backup position. Also, there are guys that are on the buyout market. Now, it doesn't have to be a center that they bring in on the buyout market, but I'll tell you some of the big men that could possibly be available. Um, Derek Favors might get bought out, but the Jazz couldn't bring him in right away um, because of the Zadrunas Ogowskis rule. If you trade a player to a team, they can't buy them out or release them, and then you immediately sign them back because, you know, the Jazz traded Derek Favors this summer. Um, but if the Pelicans were to trade Derek Favors to another team as part of salary filler. Then he got released. Then he could be available to the Jazz. Um, but also Tristan Thompson of the Cavs could possibly be available. Uh, Bismack Biombo of the Hornets. Um, there's going to be on the center market. There, I think it'll be a little lower. But I think on the buyout market, what the Jazz could really be looking for is help on the wing. Um, and there will be a lot of guys available there, I'm I'm assuming. Um, Chandler Parsons, Alan Crabb, Solomon Hill, um, possibly Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. There will be guys available there. And then if the Jazz decide they need point guard help or shooting guard help, um, Evan Turner will be available. Again, Alan Crabb. Um, so any trade that the Jazz are involved in, if they decide to make a trade, I'd really like to see them open up a roster spot um, to where they can keep some of the younger guys they're trying to develop and they can sign someone else on in to help this team, help out this bench unit. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I, like I said in the last episode, I really want to keep these Jazz Talk episodes 215 maybe 30 minutes we're a little over 15 now so i'm just gonna go ahead and end it um thank you for listening
Um, the next episode coming out for the Wasatch Basketball Podcast, it's it's a big one. That's It's probably the biggest reason that I haven't recorded um, that podcast lately is this one's going to be maybe over three hours. It's going to be a big one. It's going to be going over every team in the league, talking about possible trade scenarios, what the team needs going into uh, as we get closer to the trade deadline um, and making pushes for the playoffs. Um, you know, I, so be looking out for that. And again, thank you all for listening. Um, and again, Merry Christmas. Go jazz.